This is Pretty Little Grown Men. Welcome back. I am David Greenwald. And I'm Dom Sinicola. Uh, before we get started on this week, I want to thank everyone who took the time to go into the iTunes store and rate us. We are now the number four Pretty Little Liars podcast, if you if you go on and search. And number three is this podcast that hasn't been going since 2010. So I feel, <laughs> yeah. I feel really strong about our chances to be the number three Pretty Little Liars podcast in the world. So thank you, dear listeners, for for taking us along. And if you have not taken the time to um, give us a star rating or a comment, uh, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, yes, thank you. Um, I do think that uh, we have an end game, um, unlike A, possibly. <laughs> and our end game is to be the best Pretty Little Liars podcast in the world. Yes. And then the galaxy, because Pretty Little Liars is getting broadcast on television waves and mm-hmm. Aliens, thousands of years from now, will be watching this show one episode at a time, wondering <laughs> what's going to happen. Um, I am wondering what's going to happen after this episode, which was really bonkers, which we say every week, but continues to be true. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is episode 10, season 5, A Dark Alley. A Dark Alley. Not the kind you walk down. No. What, a, what do you a, think of this episode, Dom? Um, like I said, I... Uh, like I, like we say every week, I I enjoyed it. I like I like when things are bonkers. I like uh, I like when things are are crazy. When people uh, seem to be falling apart at the seams. Um, I although to to counter that, um, I appreciate that uh, Hannah's trying to get her shit together, mm-hmm. um, which is one of the big developments this episode. Uh, yeah, Hannah. Hannah decides that she's going to try to focus on real life stuff, high school, basic high school stuff for two seconds. <laughs> Doesn't last very long, and she goes to audition for this uh, this vocal thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and this is the same season where we've seen all the girls singing in choir for the first time ever because that's something that they do apparently. Because pretty girls sing well, sure. Uh, which gives us the opportunity to have Hannah watching Mona just delivering these Whitney Houston runs. In her, in her warm-ups, uh, which is which is great because she gets to yell at Mona and be yeah. like, "We get it. You can sing." Yeah, yeah. What kind of like jackass is in a like in a in a in a space where all these people are waiting and is just like singing at the top of her lungs? Whoa, whoa, whoa! <laughs> yeah, that was that was pretty what funny. But that was actually a really that was one of the weird scenes of the episode to me because Mona. The camera turns to Hannah, and we hear like a uh, a fall or something. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Mona's on the ground, splayed out. She's like, "Oh, I fell!" You know, she's unconscious for a second, which seems like she actually tripped and fell. Mm-hmm. Um, which gives Hannah the time to go into her purse and get some information, and leads to a a Mona Hannah team up, which we yeah. haven't seen in a long time. So that was. If that was something that Mona really did unintentionally, holy shit, what a sloppy move for her to make. Exactly. And then her uh, waking up and being like, um, uh, my purse, my purse, my bag, my yeah. bag, get my bag, my bag. Yeah, definitely don't look at my bag right now. <laughs> yeah. And, that, and then, of course, then Hannah would not uh, pilfer through it. You know, and, and of course, like, like what Hannah always does is takes for takes forever, you know, to do anything. And so uh, taking her sweet-ass time going through um, uh, Mona's bag uh, while Mona is just like, Hannah, what are you doing? Like, come on, hurry up. <laughs> I asked for that. I asked for my bag. Obviously, there's nothing important there, but I need it by my side right now. Um, 
So we never get to see what actually happened with um, the audition. I guess Hannah never got to audition. Yeah, I guess not. Um, you know, which is to be expected. This is Pretty Little Liars. The girls don't get to have real lives. Mm -mm. But, you know, with all these shows, even something like Gossip Girl, where eventually you just, you wonder, are these characters, you know, do they pay rent? Are they in school? Like, do they exist outside of their personal dramas? Mm -hmm. And so it was nice to see the show, you know, it, at least touch on the idea that they might have other life responsibilities, yeah. you know, for, for one for one scene. So that was, I, I appreciated that. And I, I liked... Uh... I liked seeing Hannah um, trying to clean up uh, Caleb's apartment, right. which um, she didn't exactly exercise environmental sustainability by separating the garbage <laughs> from the glass and from the from the cans. Uh, but she did buy him what appeared to be a um, basket of, of mushrooms, um, which she could make into a nice salad. He She bought him seemingly like... Kale or some sort of... Uh, it's a big leafy green. It's a big leafy green, so and he, then he make makes a salad. And he makes a joke about later in the episode about having eaten some bacon item and not eaten the kale salad. Yeah, he had a cannoli. But as you know, Caleb, as we've learned in Portland, you can put bacon on your kale salad. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everyone can be a winner here. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Um, and maybe they'll find that happy medium with their... Uh, their new healthy lifestyle because they they're they're jogging together now. Yeah. Um, uh, Caleb's wearing a backwards hat, which shows that's his workout outfit. That's his like <laughs> go into workout mode. Sure. Um, although uh, uh, he's still dressing pretty emo because by the end of the episode, he looks like uh, what do we say? He looks like Billy Joe Armstrong without the eyeliner at the end of the episode. Yeah, he's <laughs> he's wearing this weird like he's got this weird collar situation going with his jacket. Mm -hmm. His hair is all fallout boyed all over his face. <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm not sure what's going on with with the the fashion versus character development arc of of Caleb right now. Well, um, and Hannah was wearing like like she looked like it was like some weird blue collar getup. They looked yeah. like they were being cast on Broadway for American Idiot. Don't you imagine like that sure. some like old uh, like Broadway uh, costume designer is like I think this is what the kids wear. All the blue collar kids with their eyeliner and their their jean jean skirts. Yeah. So a little awkward in the fashion department, <laughs> um, and also in the wig department. Uh, which which oh. which we'll get to, mm -hmm. um, but you know. So let's talk about the the liars and Allie this episode. You know the liars are really fed up. Um, Emily confronts at the end of the previous episode. We see this guy come in, Cyrus. Cyrus. Uh, he confesses to to having to everything that Allie claims happened to her, the kidnapping and mm -hmm. blindfolding and so on. Uh, which puts Allie in this apparently uh, difficult position of having to ID him or not. And the girls don't want him to because they're like, this is an A-trap. Yeah. Now, uh, we get a very strange Allie flashback in this episode, which was filmed in a really gritty, like, you know, Soderbergh-esque style. Like, very, like, digital, yeah. you know, lots of yellows and... Harsh tones. Mm -hmm. um, it was like Saw. Saw as directed by Steven Soderbergh. Sure. 
and so in her flashback, we see her in this in this uh, relatively local basement where I guess all these runaways or who knows what are hiding out, and she brings home, brings in this guy Cyrus. They're holding hands, uh, and in her flashback, uh, he steals her bag and knifes her, which is where she got that scar on her thigh. Yeah, that was real. That escalated really quickly. Yeah, and I think one of the, you know, a lot of bad things in Pretty Little Liars happen off camera or we see someone trapped in a confined space and, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to get thrown off a truck or the elevator is going to drop or something. But we haven't seen a lot of, like, real outright violence on the show. Yeah. And so that was another, you know, just another example of this season becoming a lot more grown up and approaching that that R rating. So TV 14. Mm Mm-hmm. Very TV fourteen, uh, which they earned it. Um, I did before we forget. I wanted to mention that uh, one of our listeners, uh, uh, Hectic Diva. That's the only person. That's the only way we know her by. Shout out to Hectic Diva. Shout out to Hectic Diva. She um, mentioned that uh, um, last week we didn't. We thought that uh, um, Spencer was hiding. The Noel's like goodie bag of of Noel's secret stash. His secret stash was hiding it in her grandparents' cabin, but turns out uh, it was actually Noel's family's cabin. No, no, no! It was her cabin, not Noel's. We we thought she was in Noel's. We thought she oh, was. Oh, oh! We thought she was in Noel's cabin right. in the woods. Which, we were wrong. Which makes everyone even... in this goddamn show has a secret cabin in the woods. <laughs> That's right. So we, I'm we, even confused for retelling this. Yeah, so we're, we're <laughs> sorry about the error. But that, that leads into an interesting thing this episode where Spencer is uh, trying to hide uh, this Noel stuff, which mm-hmm. proves all these things about Allie. And she's going to hide him in this, under the, the cushion of this chair in her room. Mm-hmm. And, of course, there's some, there was supposed to be something else there, which we saw A steal in the previous episode. Previous episode yeah. And uh, as, she's, as she's looking at this and freaking out that it's not there, uh, of course, Melissa, her sister, walks in and mm-hmm. is like, Hey, what are you doing? Did you lose something? <laughs> and Spencer's just like, uh, no. Uh, Melissa conspicuously mentions nothing about the secret compartment that has obviously been revealed in Spencer's chair. Right. It's like, oh, that's an odd place to hide something. And then later in the episode, she and Melissa have another one of these, you know, stupid hasting conversations <laughs> where Melissa's like, huh, but we're family, but I can't tell you anything. And Spencer's just like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's, you know, there, there we, Melissa says, you know, it's not safe for me here. Allison's going to get what she deserves. Maybe you should come with me. Mm-hmm. And at the very end of the episode, we see her sitting down and making a video where she's going to finally tell the truth. That was instead of like the A cutscene, right? No, there was an A cutscene too. Oh. What, what happened during the A cutscene? At the A, we see A um, folding up a hoodie. Oh, and then, that's right. And then folding up the little candy striper dress. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, so, do, so how do we feel about, um, after this episode, how do we feel about Melissa? I think she is, well, she admits to working with Mona in this mm-hmm. episode, first yeah. of all. Uh, which I thought was an interesting, you know, she'll get, she'll reveal a little bit, but not the whole picture. Um, I still do not trust Melissa at all. I think she is very evil. Mm. I think she is after Allie and could certainly be 
the main A. Yeah. Um, I think the show is going to not do that and going to end up with some sympathetic narrative for her. Um, but well, I guess if 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 Melissa is the main A, then then and we believe that okay. So if we believe that now um, now that Allie's back, A's whole point is to basically like get Allie gone to get her out of town, get her mm-hmm. to go away, you know, basically have her disappear again. Um, is she, so she is setting a, whoever a is, they are setting up situations to drive the liars apart from Allie. Right. But then why does it seem like a is still fucking with the liars? Making their lives harder or is it all? Well, where have we seen, where have we, I mean, a comes and goes in terms of dealing with the liars. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess what we saw today was a the A text today. Uh, Spencer gets one. She gets a call mm-hmm. while she's in the room with Melissa, um, and it's the recording of Allie talking about talking to the police. Yeah, and then she gets a text from A after she hangs up saying, "Checkmate!" Like mm-hmm. I have this recording, implying that this guy who is in custody, is A's setup. Yeah. Should we just get to the big reveal? Yeah, might as well. This this guy in custody was set up by Allison, mm-hmm. which we find out at the end of the episode. She's snuck out. She's in her, her Vivian Dark Bloom wig. Mm-hmm. And this, she's talking to this guy and being very threatening and giving him some envelope with, like, you know, a plane ticket or something. And she, I guess found him from whatever basement, you know, situation that he was hanging out in, uh, <laughs> brought him in and made him tell this false story and then got him out so he could escape uh, before she could come in and ID him at the mm-hmm. very last minute. So the whole thing was planned and orchestrated and it positions Allie in a way, in I think, a much more dark and uh, analytical way than we've seen her in some of the season. Yeah, I was ready to believe her in a lot of these situations, and when we see the flashback, she seems genuinely hurt and wounded. But mm-hmm. later in the episode, it's clear that that was either bullshit or, or, or secondary to her grand plan. Yeah, even Cyrus, he, his response to her was pretty much just like, "Girl, you crazy?" Right, <laughs> right. So why would she would she set up this whole thing to make her to make her believable to yeah. the cops? Uh huh. Yeah. That's, I think so. That's really nuts. I know. Why would she generate this entire... This is where the show loses me because she's generating this entire fake story instead of just coming to the cops and saying, hey, I was on the run for two years because I didn't know who I could trust. I didn't know who hit me and blah, blah, blah. And so that to me says that she is protecting herself from some awful things that she did that she doesn't want to tell the cops about. And maybe some of these people who have been killed in the last two years are her responsibility. That's a that's a good point. You know what? And whenever the liars are like, Ellie, why don't we just tell them the real story? Why why all these more lies? We can't because I'm Allie. Yeah, but we can't because I have to make sure that we're all safe. I mean, and and to be fair, we we do have um, Arya's uh, manslaughter mm-hmm. to deal with. And at the end of the episode, the liars have basically decided we're going to come clean and Arya, you need to get on board with this. And there's a great scene between 
Emily and Allison where she says, I love this. She doesn't say goodbye or fuck you or whatever. She says, I wasted so much time on you. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. And then Emily's, yeah. And then Emily goes to the other liars and I'm like, okay, we got to cut these ties now. Immediately. Yeah. Like right now. Yeah. Which I, yeah, that's, so I, uh, next week I think is the big summer finale. Is it? I think it's next week. Uh, or fatal, are there, hashtag fatal finale. Or are there two more? Well, we're on episode 10. Yeah. There might be two more. Yeah. Well, so we're coming to the end of this ha- this summer season. Uh, and obviously the show likes to leave us with a big cliffhanger. Um, so I'm sure there will be something nuts happening. But what's... Absolutely. If, if Allie knows she's going to lose the allegiance of the liars by making this decision, is it's worth it to her to... Get the cops to believe her mm-hmm. and have this random guy out running around and lose the support of her friends. Where does that position the liars in the alley endgame? Is she just burning bridges now to just try to stay alive? Well, I think that she's... I don't know. Yeah, I, don't, maybe. I, I don't have a good answer to this. Be- yeah, because... Because she's tried to... I mean, we've seen her try to protect them through the course of the show. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you know, in this episode... Uh, that checkmate text might be from Allie. You know what's crazy is that I was just thinking um, maybe maybe the whole point is that we don't give Allie enough credit for how actually how manipulative and how intelligent she is. Sure, I, I don't think I have them. Yeah, because and now I'm thinking is like what if what if she orchestrated all of this so that Arya or someone ended up killing Shauna. Uh-huh. And would be implicated in that murder uh-huh. so that she could use that so that they wouldn't come forward. Oh, yeah. That could be. Although, that was such a... The death of Shauna was so ridiculous. Mm-hmm. She just slips and falls and hits her head. I mean... Yeah. Or she gets pushed and she hits her head. I mean, that was such an unlikely, absurd thing. Yeah. And I I have a hard time thinking that that was... You know, it's just like when you see one of these spy movies or whatever, and the mad genius at the end is like, all these 35 arbitrary things that needed to perfectly line up in order for you to arrive at this moment, mm-hmm. I definitely planned all of that. It's like, <laughs> no, you, no. <laughs> that's not, that's not but how checkmate. But that's But isn't that the whole thing about chess? Right. It's, you have to plan you, away in advance. You, you, you see all of the possible outcomes and you plan for each of them. Right. Yeah, and then just, I like I like how Spencer was like, <laughs> Melissa does like chess. Sure, it could be from Melissa because right. she likes chess. Right. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a, that was a funny moment to me. Um, let's talk about Hannah and Mona. Hannah gets hops in the car with Mona, which I thought was a, a funny callback to what's his name hopping in the car with her. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> So she just gets in the Zach. car. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. So she just gets in the car with Mona because Mona leaves her doors unlocked, you know, because that's something that she would do. Mm-hmm. And Mona's sitting in there on her laptop, like blue snarfing, looking yeah. for Bluetooth connections yeah. because everyone just leaves their Bluetooth connections running to waste their phone batteries. Come on, yo. Right. Everybody with, knows that trick. <laughs> Without password protection? Well, yeah. I guess uh, I guess the this mat in this imaginary PLL technology, anyone who has a Bluetooth connection can just be hacked by yeah. the software she's using. Oh, I, I just, world. you know, I don't run my Wi-Fi and my Bluetooth all the time. Right. So that's, you know, I thought that was funny. But apparently, Officer, what's her name does? Yeah. Someday I will remember the names. Tanner. Of all the, Tanner. Uh, yes. Someday I'll remember the names of all the characters on this show, but that will not be on this podcast. 
Well, this podcast is the chronicle of us trying to remember all of the characters' names. Yes. By episode two years from now, during <laughs> season seven, you know, when we're pretty little gray-haired men, then maybe we'll know everybody. When, when, we, when we have established ourselves as the best Pretty Little Liars podcast in the galaxy. The number three, or possibly number one. We should just change the name on iTunes to... A, Best P- the, Pretty the, Little Liars podcast ever <laughs> in the galaxy. <laughs> well, you know, it's like Oprah says: if you believe it, if you can, it's the secret. If you if you visualize it, it will happen. Oh, I can see it. I can see it. Too. I can I can see literal our, our literal uh, um, voice waves flitting out <laughs> into the solar system. <laughs> um, should we talk about Arya and Ezra? Yeah. Uh, they're kind of a a, little, a lover's spat without a platonic <laughs> a post a post lover's spat. Um, I yeah I do think that uh, you know this is there there was bound to come a time when um, and and of course we we talk about this with just disdain dripping from our voices because because. Fuck fits and, that sure. whole, and all that shit, um, but there was bound to come a time when uh, Arya's like burgeoning retrust of Fitz would be tested. Of course, it's kind of stupid that it's just like him, you know, confronting Allison in the coffee shop, and right. that's that's what tests it. Right, being being. Uh... I'm Fitz, and I'm a grown-up, so you're going to be scared of me slightly, even though, like, I actually probably have done nothing bad, really, beyond just, like, spying on kids because I'm fucking weird yeah. and gross. Yeah, and it wasn't it wasn't when Arya was like, oh, you still have all of your security cameras all set up all over town? Hmm, I don't know if I should trust you anymore. Yeah. Or this, this is weird. It's well, now when he confronts Allison at a coffee shop. Well, I like that she. I like that the show taps this into uh, her mother's breakup in the previous episode, and Arya says, "But you told me that, or your bliss is still ahead of you, and I mm-hmm. learned that from you." And her mom was like, "Well, that guy I just broke up with was my bliss, so eh, not sure about that." Which <laughs> 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 is like this moment of like real human failing and and sloppy parenting that <laughs> yeah. she she later she later you know um walks back and is like no aria everything's gonna be fine we're gonna you know it's not gonna be the end of our our search for romance yeah um but yeah so she's you know she's feeling intense about her mom and then so she's projecting some of those emotions i think onto fits and onto how they interact and you know, it's it's this star-crossed love thing where she wants to trust him, but instead of having a more adult response of maybe realizing this person, there are other people who you mm-hmm. could potentially trust who wouldn't be psychopathic uh, camera stalkers, yeah. who who might be more fun to <laughs> hang out with, you know, and, and would be better boyfriends. Um, and, you know, what I, what I always think about whenever I think about... Uh, Fitz and Arya is that when I was 18, 17, 18, and I thought that I had found my bliss, you know, or whatever, uh, that is almost guaranteed never the case. Sure. And so in 10 years when uh, all the liars are looking back on 
this very uh, perilous point in their lives and all of their careers are governed by how they grew as people when their lives were in jeopardy, um, Arya's going to be like, hmm, uh, that was weird and that was crazy and this grown man took advantage of me. <laughs> right. <laughs> and and uh, I'm, a, I'm an adult now and I am actually in love with a mature human being. Or maybe she'll end up with Fitz. Oh, God. Who knows? It's a possibility. God. I guess this this is ABC Family where you would assume that these these young loves do pan out in the end. Well, you they almost have to end up together in order to and have it be true love in order to justify his incredibly bad behavior. <laughs> no, you know, right. like for him to he has to come out eventually as like a good heroic guy because otherwise he's just this criminal statutory rapist mm -hmm. who's been spying on teen girls and sleeping with them for years, which yeah. is like kind of a intense thing to put as a central romance of your show. So I think they're going to steer him toward ultimate uh, heroism. Yeah. Which, which sucks because the only way for this, for his character to ever get what he has coming and to find because it's obvious that he hasn't like learned anything no clearly not <clears throat> like he's not he's not like oh maybe i should have like reconsidered the, the past two years of my life no he has the emotional maturity of a teenager as well mm -hmm. which is sort of what makes the romance work but he's in this position of having so much more power yeah yeah exactly which he needs to get some sort of comeuppance for that like it's it's really disgusting. And so I feel like the show will never do what needs to be done, which is to um, have him, like, legitimately pay penance. Which, him getting shot, that's not it. You know, and going through this, like, period of time where Arya doesn't trust him. Like, oh, well, uh, he didn't learn anything. Sure. Like, to really have his character uh, um, have the, the outcome that I think would would justify all of this really gross, icky stuff is, uh, to have him like, like have to sacrifice himself somehow. But even if he did sacrifice himself, then it's just, he's, he becomes the martyr. Well, yeah, I, to me, there's no real redemption for him. Right. You know, he's just Where this character. This yeah. He's just this character who's done really bad things for, for pretty much selfish reasons. Mm -hmm. And, where the show takes that, I, I don't know. I did like seeing Arya be more aggressive and stand up to him and say, you need to promise me you're not going to do this thing. Mm -hmm. And I think all the characters this season have really become more sure of themselves and less willing to sort of be pawns in someone else's game. And, um, you know, we see that with, with Emily mm -hmm. standing up to Allison and being like, in a really straightforward way. Like, I asked you to do something, and you didn't, and I gave you a chance, and you blew it. Yep. So that's it. Yep. You know, I'm not going to deal with this anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's really nice to see the, the maturity level of these characters evolving. Yeah. Um, I, there was also two moments in the show, which I think were first. One was they're walking by the cops in the beginning of the episode, and somebody says, keep your voices down. 
which we've, <laughs> which we've never seen on this show ever. There was no keeping voices down. There was like being in your bedroom yelling mm-hmm. basically into your mic, into your like you know your, your lapel microphone. Like I hope no one's listening to me. <laughs> yeah, you guys, even though we know we've been videotaped constantly for our entire last two or three years, who let's discuss this in front of this open window. <laughs> so that was nice that there was like some minor element of being like maybe we should. Be slightly cautious. Mm-hmm. And there was another thing that happened, too, in the episode. Um, do you remember where it was like a moment of caution? Oh. Um, I've forgotten that. Hannah puts on her seatbelt in Mona's car. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, like, yeah. Which is funny because uh, I'm trying to think back to season two when it was being revealed that Mona was... Um, a. Right. And wasn't there like a whole situation with uh, Mona driving a car? Well, she hits Hannah in a car. Hits Hannah, she hits yeah. Hannah. Yeah, that's like a very subtle visual uh, uh, callback. To... Sure. And she takes Spencer on the ride and asks Spencer to join the A team. Yeah. And then Hannah ends up, you know, spending the evening with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, the, the treatment of Mona has been so interesting to me this season because she, it's unclear if she's really like this, this. I think the show has been sort of positioning her as like, well, okay, Mona's A again, probably, and she's doing these bad things, And but what are Mona's limits? And I think uh, we've seen evidence now that Allie probably blew up that house. Allie brought this guy into the cops. Yeah. Like, she's pulling the bigger strings that it seemed like perhaps Mona was responsible for. Right. And so maybe Mona has actually a redemption arc ahead of her as well. Well, you Which know, I would actually like to see. Yeah, I would like to... I I would believe that, that Mona is a bit out of her depth now, and she's, like, actually scared of Allie. And I think that she's scared for legitimate reasons. And you know what? And, and we've talked before about how in the books, um, which I don't know if the series is done or if they keep, have it keep going, but how in the books, Allie is A. Sure. Um, which, you know, obviously, I'm only assuming that the show has... Uh, it diverged quite a bit from the from the storyline in the books, but maybe it's sort of being brought brought back around. And in the end, the actual villain is this is is Allie, is this incredibly manipulative human being. But she would still. Why would she? I mean, there still has to be some other force that she is running from, that mm-hmm. she is scared of, and perhaps she created the a character to to poke around the liars and to influence events while she was dealing with this other thing but you know it just goes back to my thought during previous seasons which was that the liars were a distraction between this larger situation between Allie and whatever dark forces are are after her Mm -hmm. you know so I think the show really still has a lot of curtains uh that are a lot of elements it needs to peel back for us yeah um and perhaps that perhaps that justifies you know two more seasons after this one. But I think certainly the second half of this season, uh, it feels like we're getting into a more and more climactic place. The liars are more and more bound together and unwilling to suffer these sort of, you know, this high school, intense high school bullying, essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, how long they can be in that emotional state, I think, I feel like something really big has to happen in this season and how that spills out into the upcoming seasons, you know, I really have no idea. I think that probably what the big reveal this season will be what actually is going on with Melissa, Uh which, 
You know, because and that's actually kind of there's kind of a um, and maybe the show doesn't want to do this because it's this kind of counterintuitive when you have a show like this. But maybe there is no big villain. So you have um, maybe the big villain is inst- it's our- inside all of us. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say institutions, but <laughs> yeah. Well, no, that's a good I like mean, Radley good or 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 uh, the police officers or like. Whoa! How deep would this be? Is if the institutions that allow for men to victimize young women, the institutions that allow for uh, mentally unstable people to fall through the cracks and uh-huh. accidents happen, sure. the institutions that allow for. Um, someone like Allie to manipulate a whole town, like those are the real villains. Because so to go back to our uh, our Jason theory, it's so we can assume that it's revealed that um, we're just gonna make huge assumptions now sure. that that uh, Melissa and Jason uh, are in love, were in love, probably still are. Um, Melissa got pregnant. Uh, it was revealed to them that they are. Uh, half brother and sister, and so they're going to have some sort of uh, incestual freak baby. Um, that's that's covered up, um, uh, and that's when uh, Melissa starts being with Ian. Somehow, uh, Allie finds out about it, um, or finds out about them being together because they wouldn't have gotten pregnant when she was still around. Because which could have happened. Well, but she got, yeah, maybe they've, it's happened multiple times, who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, she was pregnant after, and there was a lot of confusion over losing the baby, or if she went to get an abortion, or what was going yeah, on yeah. with that, and I think it was, I don't know if the show really gave us final answers on that stuff, even, yeah. I would have to go back and watch, but I remember there being a lot of real confusion about the timing, and mm-hmm. obviously she gets with Ian very quickly, and so there's a lot going on there, which was like... Clearly, like cover covering. Yeah, so you have like so you have like this this contingency of people in the town, big, huge, affluent people in the town who have this terrible secret about Melissa and Jason. Allie finds out. Allie does what she does best, which is to uh, um, blackmail people. Mm-hmm. Someone involved uh, gets really terrified and scared, uh, tries to make Allie disappear, or she's so dis- she's so scared that she plans her own disappearance. Yeah. Somehow. Very probable. And then all of this, and then the liars are just a distraction. They're the people who could possibly know what's going on or possibly have connections to all of this, but don't actually know what's going on. And so they're just being manipulated, moved into different places in order to to either help Allie know what's going on in town or to distract from what's going on with Melissa and Jason. And so you have these other other powers who are just trying to keep things secret. Right. But there's no real villain. It's just people who just know too much who are just trying to look out for themselves yeah, and have and gotten in too deep. I, I think that could very much be the situation, and especially like the way the show has brought in outside players who have nothing to do with the A-mythology who you know have just been trying to kidnap somebody or do some badness or mm-hmm. whatever it is. And it's just this broader message that the world is a scary place, trust no yeah. one. Mm-hmm. Anything bad can happen. It's not just one particular person. Um, But we have seen, you know, so many people involved in various levels, whether it's uh, Mona working with with Jenna 
uh, and with Sydney and with an un, an unknown fourth party, as we saw in that mm-hmm. episode. You know, all these people are somehow connected in these weird ways, but they all go on personal agendas as well. Yeah. So that that's what has made the show interesting to me is that not necessarily like, well, who's the one big bad villain, but what are the motivations of all these various characters and how do they turn into this incredible web of like horrifying things? Yeah. And how much of that is one person's chess game versus like sometimes some arbitrary things happen and maybe A capitalizes on it or doesn't or you know, whatever. Or that like, like yeah. running into Jenna at the eye doctor. Yeah. You know, seemed like no one who who planned that? Like who has the energy, who has the time <laughs> to, to set that all in motion and make sure that's all scheduled out. Right. And the, and it does sort of lend to this this greater idea that when you're like that deep when you're that deep in secrets, in lies, um you can't keep control. Right. You will lose control. Right. Which is yeah, and I think we've seen that probably seen that with Allie to an extent is her trying to maintain her control and maybe that's the moral message of the show that if you tell the truth you don't have to deal with all the shit deal with it yeah yeah i like that yeah i think we've uh we've we've come to some good conclusions during this week's episode of pretty little grown men i agree you should you should keep tuning in and helping us uh boost up in ratings um so that uh, we can continue to reach very enlightening conclusions about what's happening on the show. Uh, also, um, in our ever-going quest to um, find sponsors, uh, we're, we're not drinking beer because it's too early in the day to do so. Um, I'm drinking some coffee with, from Stumptown. Excellent. I am having an organic whole-fat milk that I bought at QFC. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I also just got a... Uh, Brand new coffee maker that showed up right before we started recording. It's from it's from Cuisinart. It's a grinding brew. Um, I like it a lot. Uh, Phil Nelson, the one who did our who does our theme song, um, he drunkenly broke my last one, and so I've been using a really uh, terrible alternative. And so I finally got my my Cuisinart back, and I'm very proud. So Stumptown Cuisinart and yeah. QFC. Yeah, Cuisinart. <laughs> if you'd like to reach our dedicated audience. <laughs> Of, 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 of adult Pretty Little Liars fans and perhaps teenage Pretty Little Liars fans. I'm sure you're out there listening to us ramble as well. Maybe, maybe Cuisinart, maybe your logo would show up at the brew if you uh, push hard enough. <laughs> that's, you know, that's an element that didn't get addressed on this episode is that this guy runs the brew, Zach. Mm-hmm. Is, are they still going to are, are <laughs> yeah, boycott the brew? Do they have to come up with a new coffee? You know, actually, I think that did get addressed because Emily goes to a different coffee shop and she's talking to spencer about it and she's drinking a different coffee and she's like it sucks oh that's right so i think there was like a a very clever little boycott of the brew oh and in there and then Ari has to go to the brew the brew to get uh the like paper mache uh, flowers Uh uh-huh right like she has to like go and clean up all the shit oh yeah so she's she's got all that stuff in her car yeah but but fitz is still there to get some coffee right because right, no, because he's such a stand-up guy, really stands for really moral things. Oh yeah, like boycotting <laughs> the brew. All right, well, we will also boycott the brew, and we will see you next week on Pretty Little Grown Men. Don't